the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Welcome to a New York Catholic conversation. My name is Deacon John Catalano, and I am joined as always by my good friend, my pal from St. Agnes in Rockville Center, Frank Alasia. Hey, Frank, how are you doing today? Doing terrific, Deacon. How's everything? Everything is good, and you've picked a good topic once again this week, compassion. Now, it's defined as a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune, accompanied by a desire to alleviate that suffering. So compassion is benevolence, empathy, kindness, and it's the opposite of indifference. You know, when we say passion, Catholics mean the suffering and death of our Lord. So compassion means literally to suffer together. So how do you want to start us off with this topic, Frank? Well, I know we quote St. Augustine a lot, but he, he just happens to say things a lot better than a lot of people. Um, he says, it's a heartfelt identification with another person's pain or distress driving us to do what we can to help them. I think that's, that's the best definition of it, right? Yeah. And does compassion mean love? I mean, Aquinas says love is to will the good of another. And love, of course, is attachment to someone, whereas compassion is a sympathy and concern uh, for the misfortunes of others with a desire to help alleviate them. So it's empathy in action. Right. It moves the, you know, it moves the heart, compassion, but it also has to move the will to do something. It's fashionable to talk about the poor, but not to talk to them. We must be aware of what other people less fortunate uh, are going through. I think that's very important. Yeah. Well, the best example of compassion in the Bible, I guess, is the story of the Good Samaritan. We know it, right? A man is robbed, stripped and beaten, half dead on the road. A priest passes him by. A Levite passes him by. And then this foreigner, a Samaritan, stops. The Bible says he was, quote, moved with compassion he approaches the victim, pours oil and wine over his wounds and bandages them. And then he lifts him up on his own animal, takes him to an inn and has him cared for. And the next day he takes out two silver coins and says, take care of him. If you spend more than what I've given you, I'll pay you back. So this is Jesus using a parable to teach us about compassion, taking steps to alleviate another person's suffering. Yeah, Jesus was a compassionate man. And we see many examples in the Bible of that. I think of the widow of name who lost her son and uh, the funeral was going on and Jesus was moved yep. uh, with compassion for that woman. But I think it's also interesting um, to note and N.T. Wright, the great uh, Protestant biblical scholar said in before Christ, you know, the Romans had no compassion. There was no mercy. It was everybody, you know, wanted to get to the head of the line first. So Jesus shows he was a man of compassion and a God of compassion. Good point. And that brings up the question, can compassion be acquired or learned? Well, yes, if Jesus is teaching us, then it can and should be learned. And Paul says in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. So the fruit of the Holy Spirit is what God desires for us, that we do for him. And that includes kindness and compassion. And that's how we know we belong to Christ. Yeah. Compassionate people 
just don't watch. They walk in the other person's shoes. They put themselves in the place of the other person. They do it basically because they realize that the people are human, uh, just like just like themselves. Uh, you know, we can relate to another person's pain, especially especially when we know they don't deserve what's happening to them. We've all been there, and that's why we sympathize. But like you say, can it be acquired? You know, it definitely can. But you you find that whenever you need advice, always go to people who've had a lot of hardships. They're usually the more compassionate because they can relate to what your problem may be at that particular time. Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess as parents, we teach our children how to be kind and we show them examples of thoughtfulness and kindness so they learn. But as you say, we ourselves learn compassion once we've been afflicted bad diagnosis, loss of a job, our child's prolonged illness. And we um, have, who have called on and experienced right the healing light of Christ, now we know firsthand the desire to help somebody else because we've been there and we've been healed. Right. Compassion also builds unity, cohesiveness, um, and a, you know, a culture of sympathy. It's not the pain that determines the quality of our lives. It's how we deal with that pain and the hurt of another. How we do this is a good indication of how caring we, we really are. That's why when we worry about ourselves too much, we don't have time for others. Compassionate people don't do that. They care more about others than they do about themselves. Well, it is a saintly virtue, but hey, it gets challenged like all virtues. And I'm thinking right. of people who work in nursing homes, for example. Look, they, they do God's work every day, but over time, you know, one can get tired and be distracted, maybe begin to lose patience with the people on their floor or in under their purview. Or how about somebody who's a sponsor in AA, right? Actively helping somebody to stay off drugs and alcohol. And then the person that they're sponsoring keeps making the same mistakes and making the same excuses over and over. That can wear you down and challenge a person's sense of compassion. Yeah, Mother Teresa says it a lot. We must have compassion for the alcoholic, the drug addict, but we also have to have compassion for the people who are taking care of them. Cause a lot of times that can be very, very trying for the family members or the friends of these people that they're trying to help. Right. Well, are you referring to misplaced compassion? Is there such a thing? Well, sometimes there is misguided compassion. I'll never forget the story of a friend of mine. This girl had a brother who was an alcoholic and, um, she said to the mother, look, we got it. We have to address this. We have to tell, you know, we have to have a sit down. We have to have some kind of intervene in intervention. And the mother said, you can't do that. You can't tell him that you'll hurt his feelings. Yeah. That would be an example of right. Misguided compassion. Well, I guess to paraphrase, if we ask the question, Lord, how often should I offer compassion to this person? Seven times. He might answer no 70 times, seven times. And you mentioned Mother Teresa. We said this before. She would tell the young sisters in her order, if this work with the poor is making you unhappy, go home to your family. There's no shame. It's not for everybody. And that's another probably healthy lesson for us. Uh, you know, don't necessarily try to take on too much in a given situation. You're not there to fix everything. And you might not be able to help on this particular one. But we should place these situations before the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want me to do here? You know, let's rely on the Holy Spirit and God will place opportunities for kindness and compassion into our lives every day. 
Yeah, I'll wrap it up with a story. You mentioned uh, Mother Teresa, probably the most compassionate person ever. One night, a man came to a house, she said, to tell me that a Hindu family of eight had not eaten for days. They had nothing to eat. She said, I took enough rice for a meal and went to their house. I could see their hungry faces, the children with their eyes bulging. The sight could not have been more dramatic. The mother took the rice from my hands, divided it in half and went out. When she got back a little later, I asked her, where did you go? What did you do? She answered, they are also hungry. They were the people next door, a Muslim family with the same number of children to feed who did not have any food either. The mother was aware of the situation. She had the courage and the love to share her meager portion of rice with others. In spite of her circumstances, I think she felt very happy to share with her neighbors the little I had taken her. In order not to take away her happiness, I did not take her any more rice that night. I took, her, I took some more the following day. And I think that kind of says it all. Nice job. And of course, when, when Jesus arrived at the tomb of Lazarus and saw Lazarus' friends weeping, he wept along with them. And then he took steps and raised Lazarus. So over and over, Jesus feels compassion for his people, healing them and comforting them. Amen, Frank. Um, folks, don't forget to like us or follow us or send us an email, anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. That's anycatholicconversation at gmail.com. Frank, I love you a lot. I'll talk to you next time, okay? God bless, Deacon. Thanks. <laughs>